All right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Boca Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Holritz. It's good to be here today. Happy Friday to you. For those of you that may be live streaming with us, it is great to have you here. And um, I hope you've had a really great week. It's been a wild week on this end. Lots to do, but it's fun to kind of finish off the week with a really good conversation with a super talented photographer and teacher and speaker. And I'm going to introduce him here in just a second. Before I do, if you're live streaming with us, make sure to join the conversation. You can ask questions, you can comment, send us funny emojis if you want to, but be part of the conversation. That's one of the benefits of these live streams is the opportunity to be able to actually interact with the guests, ask them questions, engage with us. So please take advantage of that. And then for those of you that are listening to the audio version after the fact, please come join us sometime. If you follow us at Boca, B-O-K-E-H podcast on Instagram, you can keep up to date with the live stream schedule. And we usually do at least once a week and you can come be part of the conversation. So please make sure to do that. All right, without further ado, um, I want to introduce my friend, Michael Davis. Michael is here. Michael, thank you so much for making time for all of us, for hanging out. We've worked through some tech issues and we're gonna have a really good conversation today. I'm excited, I'm excited. Well, thank you for having me on, Nathan. I appreciate it. Well, I was saying this to you before we got started, but I wanna reiterate, especially for those listening in, um, that man, I, one of the biggest reasons that I invited you on the show was because I got to hear you at the cookout conference to Maya Colvin's cookout conference just a couple of weeks ago. And I, even just a few minutes that I had the opportunity to hear you teach, I was like, oh man, like here is a really great teacher and we need more good teachers oh. in our industry. <laughs> there, there are plenty of talented photographers, plenty of talented business people. But to actually have somebody who has those skill sets, but then can also translate that, communicate how to do those things to fellow photographers in a way that's easy to understand, consume, and ultimately apply, we just need more people like that. And so major props to you for that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I really enjoy like disseminating information and having people, it just like click, like those aha moments, like you walk away and you're just like, yes, I can do it. And I think that's, you know, the power of passionate teachers and educators. Yes. And, and I'll, the only place that I'll push back on that is plenty of people have passion, but it's one thing to have passion. It's an, and which you do. And, and I love that because you have the combination of passion and the skill set of teaching. Mm-hmm. Plenty of people have passion, but it's another thing to be able to understand how do you design a slide with information gotcha. on it so people can easily follow and they don't get overwhelmed with too much information. You, mm-hmm. A lot of times you see at conferences now, people just pop up with their phone. They take a screenshot, oh, a picture of the, <laughs> the screen. And what does that mean? It means two things. One, they check out because now they're like, oh, I've got the picture of that. I don't have to think about what the speaker yeah. is saying. The other thing that happens is they're probably not going to go back to that picture later on. So now mm-hmm. a lot has been missed in the process. So you have a well-designed slide that has just a little bit of information or a picture that backs up what the speaker is saying in that moment. And then they can actually focus on what the speaker is saying. And again, you're just mm-hmm. such a great communicator that um, I was like, man, we need to do a, a podcast <laughs> interview. So major props to you for that. And we already have people chiming in on the live stream. Uh, Rakia says, hey, from Facebook. Hey. Erica hey. is saying, hello, Michael, sending love from Ignite. <laughs> uh, Tamaya said, sending all of our love from TCE. Thanks, Tamaya, for chiming in. And uh, Jay is saying, hey, Michael, as well. Susan, hi, Michael, from Facebook. So thank you all for chiming in. Again, don't be shy as we get into the material today to ask questions because Michael's got a lot of really great info to share here. Christenia is saying hello from YouTube as well. Thanks for chiming in from YouTube. And Michael, before we get into the material, we're going to be talking about the kind of the most important 
elements from your perspective of selling larger albums to clients. Will you briefly introduce yourself and your brand to our of listeners? Course. Of course. So um, thank you everyone for chiming in. My name is Michael Davis. I am a storyteller and wedding photographer based out of Austin, Texas. Um, I have a family of three, a lovely wife, and I do this full time. And I absolutely love telling my clients stories. And that's why they keep on hiring me. And really, that's why I sell a lot of albums, because it is the story that they're invested in and not the actual photos. Well, and we're going to get into that storytelling component of album sales here. We're, we're kind of giving away the juice ahead of time. But <laughs> Michael, I will say we're starting to get a little bit of that static again that we were hearing earlier. Okay. Um, so I, if you'll do me a favor, I'm going to shift the camera over to me. Maybe you can get your wife to come back and, and help make sure all the connections are, are solid okay. and intact so we get rid of that static sound. Um, gotcha. in, in the meantime... Uh, for everybody listening in, uh, for, for those of you that may be new to the show, make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. We're on Spotify. If you use Spotify to listen to music, um, we've Spotify has a video component as well. So all of these live streams get pushed out to Spotify. You've got the video stream there as well. And then on really, literally every other uh, podcast player that you might be using, you can find us. If you just search Boca, B-O-K-E-H, uh, on that podcast player, you'll find a spoke of photography podcast. And we do one, usually one live stream a week. And we push that out to audio later on. But of course, we're pushing out to Facebook and to YouTube where we've already had a number of people chiming in. And I appreciate you chiming in this morning and, and joining the conversation at hand. And hopefully we can get these technical issues worked out. And uh, we'll jump back into the conversation with Michael, who again, I can't reiterate enough is just a super, super, not only talented photographer, but ultimately, uh, also a talented speaker and teacher as well. And Michael, let's see if we got the issue. Yeah, is it better? Still getting quite a bit of static there. Um, one thing I'm, I'm gonna suggest is if for some reason we can't get that resolved, maybe just jumping to uh, a pair of earbuds that have a headphone or have a mic on it. It may just be the okay. simplest solution at this point. So um, I'll, I'll let you kind of work on that for a second. And um, while Michael is doing that, I want to go ahead and share his website. And for those of you live streaming, if you didn't see this already, you can go to MD or excuse me, MT, T as in Tom, D photography.com and then MTD photography 1914 on Instagram. And I'm going to pull those up here actually on screen for those of you that are live streaming. I don't know what to do. And it looks like we're still running into a little bit of a technical issue there. So we'll, we'll, We'll continue to hear, but if you go to mtdphotography.com um, and you can see there at the top of the page, and I'm gonna actually scroll all the way up to the top of the page, extraordinary storytelling to document your day. And so this is Michael T. Davis Photography. Michael's gonna be sharing with us here in just a second. And on Instagram, if you go to mtdphotography, and I'm gonna pull that up here real quick, mtdphotography1914 on Instagram. Uh, you can follow Michael there. And of course, we'll link to both of these in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. Okay. Okay. And Michael, let's see if we got you in here. Right. So I can you hear me? Yeah, actually, the static is gone. All so right. we're going to cross our fingers. You said so you we can't... connected it to the computer, but um, my wife is switching it so that I can actually hear you now. Okay, cool. So you said you still can't hear me? Mm -mm. Okay. All right, so we'll come back to Michael here in just plug it back in. one second. 
And uh, again, for those of you that may have missed it, in fact, I, I want to give a shout out to, let's see, who do we have here? Tamaya uh, chiming in again from Facebook, says, saying good morning. Good morning, Tamaya. And uh, we've got a couple of others actually streaming here too. We've got a really good crowd. So thank you all for joining us. And what, what we're going to do is as we get into this material, if you've got questions about some of the ideas, the concepts that Michael is sharing, um, then feel free to ask those questions and we'll uh, have Michael answer those best we can as we go through this episode. Apologies again, we had some tech issues before we got started, which delayed us a little bit and we're running into some of those again. So we're trying to get those audio issues fixed. And as soon as we do, we'll jump back in. Let's see, Michael, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Brilliant. And the static is gone. The audio okay. is good. I think All we're right. good. I'm going to sit still. <laughs> Crossing our fingers. <laughs> All right, so we got we we introduced you. We introduced your brand. Uh, I've shared your website and Instagram with the audience as well. And uh, so I want to, while we've got the audio working, I want to jump into the information that we're going to cover today. Yes. We're going to be talking about how to really kind of the key idea from your perspective of how to go about selling bigger albums and kind of discussing what we would get into for this interview today. There's a quote that I just want to read for everybody listening in we were discussing your perspective on, on effective album sales for the sake of the conversation. You said it's storytelling. I see many photographers flood albums with just images, but I'm not selling the images. I'm selling the story. So this is interesting. And you alluded to story already. We're going to get there in a second, but why do you think it is that photographers are focusing or kind of fixating on selling higher numbers of images in the album versus telling the story? Of course. So I think it starts with the fact that, photographers deliver galleries and they just like for wedding photographers put a whole bunch of images in the gallery and then when it comes to the album they transition that same mindset of that gallery into a book and so it's just images on pages with not really any type of curation as to how they relate to each other how these moments flow into each other from one page to the next and then the, the other part that I see a lot is they're trying to sell as many images as possible. Let's build you a hundred page album and throw as many images in there. And I'm just like, no, there's no story. There's, <laughs> mm. You're just looking at like a, a where's Waldo of the images. Where's the bride? Where's the grandma? And you, you don't have an appreciation for that actual image and how it relates to that couple's story in the long run. That's, that's interesting. Okay, so I wanna go back to something you were talking about, which is photographers are used to delivering galleries. And to build on that idea, most photographers are used to delivering thousands of images in some cases. I mean, 800 mm -hmm. to 1,000, I think used to be maybe a little bit more than norm. Now we're getting to 12, 1,500 images delivered from a wedding. And there's what I'm hearing from you, the word that comes to mind is intention, right? When, when going to, de to design an album, you're going to talk more about this, I know, but there is your approach has a lot more intention behind it. The maybe typical photographer's approach to putting an album together, there's a little bit less intention. It's more just kind of that same mentality when it comes to sharing a gallery, throw as many images as you can in there, cross your fingers, hope that maybe they're happy because you're giving them lots of images, but not really uh -huh. a lot of intention that goes into that effort, which also means that the quality of what they're looking at at the end is not as high as it could be if they were being intentional. Correct, correct. And it's funny because intention was my next statement. 
it's you know being intentional about shooting for the story so early in my career i used to follow photographers like jerry johannes and he's like shoot for the album and it's like what does that mean it means being intentional about how you want the story to actually unfold and not trying to capture everything for fear that you're going to miss out on something so there is that specificity and intention there. What would you say are the primary drawbacks to focusing on images over story? I think you mentioned to me ahead of time that you know of three, three come to mind. What are those? Yes. So the first one is what I call picture vomit, basically trying to fit as many images on a page as possible. I've seen photographers put 10, to 20 images on a spread and i'm just like give space for each of the images to be individually appreciated we print images because they're meant to appreciate the story and not necessarily look at a gallery on top of a page and, and when you say give space i think about negative space or white space what does that do in a singular image it naturally draws the viewer's eye to the subject right because mm -hmm instead of them being crowded and with a bunch of other elements in an image, if there's all this negative space, all this space around them, and it naturally kind of pushes the viewer's eyes to that subject. So it's a similar, it sounds like a similar vibe when it comes to designing an album page, less right. images, less, less for the, the viewer, I guess, to get distracted by, and they get to appreciate the beauty of each of those images that support the story. Correct, like exactly right in front of them. And when you were saying that, I was thinking about like going to a museum. And when you walk into a museum, it's specifically curated for you to focus on this and it transitions to that. And it makes sense because everything is in the same room that relates to each other. And that's what your album should be. So the drawback to just throwing images is the picture vomit. The next thing is the flow, right? Okay. Uh, there needs to be a flow between the pages. Instead of seeing them as images, I look at them as moments. We have one moment that transitions into the next moment. This one moment might only have three images and the next one have one, but those four images on the spread speak volumes because it talks about the entire moment as one. And then the final piece is legacy. In five, 10, 15 years, can someone understand what is happening? Can someone look at the images and parse out the story? If you flood an album with thumbnails, you're not seeing all the details. I want my clients, children and grandchildren to look at these images and appreciate the details and the stories and the emotion that's happening and not just see a gallery that's bound by a book. I love it. And, and you just summed that up so beautifully. I'm not even going to try to add to that. <laughs> and, and in fact, to that point, Shannon on YouTube says, good stuff, Michael. And thanks for chiming in, Shannon. Really appreciate that. Uh, Andres also says hello from YouTube. Thanks for, for listening in, Andres. I appreciate that. Michael, unfortunately, we're starting to get that static again. So if you'll just double check the connections um, yep. just to kind of make sure everything is in there tight, that would be great. And um, for everybody listening in, make sure to, to, um, to, to follow Michael. If you haven't already, I'm going to go ahead and pop this up on screen while Michael's dialing in the audio. You can see uh, MTD Photography on Instagram. 
excuse me, NTD Photography 1914 on Instagram. Of course, we'll link to this in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. And uh, if you haven't checked out Michael's website yet, go to mtdphotography.com and uh, you can check out his, his beautiful, beautiful work there as well. How are we doing, Michael? We got it dialed are in. Are we good? Still getting that static for some reason. Uh, yeah. Is that better? Still, still there. So um, just make sure maybe that some of the connections underneath, um, not just at that right at the mic, but the, the other connections are, are tight because it does sound like um, they may be a little bit loose and, and we'll come back there. Uh, for everybody else listening in, thanks again for chiming in and continue to, to chime in, ask questions, comment on the conversation at hand. And we're about to get into the section about the steps that Michael implements in his album sales process to maximize the size of the album. Of course, ultimately the profit margin you're getting from those album sales. I have to say, uh, this was not a strong point of mine as a wedding photographer. I photographed weddings for about 10 years and uh, we, we sold some decent albums, but they're just it lacked the intention that Michael is describing here uh, to, first of all, tell a story and then ultimately be able to, to sell a much bigger album that way. So this is really valuable content. Michael, I'm coming back to you. Are we good? Yes, that, that is the, the static okay. is gone for the time being. So we'll just keep moving quick. <laughs> um, let's let's jump into then the primary steps. You mentioned to me ahead of time that there are five kind of primary steps of your album sales yes. process. And I'm just I'm going to give the floor to you. Take it okay. away. Perfect. <laughs> so I think the first thing starts with the consultation. During the consultation, I am focused on my client's story. I'm listening for the moments. I'm probing for different questions. I'm asking them what's important to them and why, because all of those things are included in their wedding day or included in their family portrait session. And that's what matters. At the end of the day, they want to see themselves. So I give them a chance to tell me who they are. The second piece is shooting with intention, as we were talking about paying attention to the details, all the large ones and the small ones, because the story is made up of the details. And if we gloss over the details and just focus on the people, they were missing something. Um, the third one is me acknowledging that I'm the primary authority on their wedding day. I'm there from beginning to end. So if I just give them a gallery and say, pick your images, they're just gonna pick things that they like and not anything that really flows. So I take that upon myself to really tell that story as I saw it and as I photographed it. The next one is basically how I build out my albums. Um, so this is multi-step. I typically open with a hero image and I know that going in, so I'm making sure that on the days I capture that hero image. And the hero image introduces who is the story. And this is the storyboard format. The second one is setting the scene, focusing on location, details within the location, what's important, what matters to them. The third one is focusing on the first subject, the partner, the bride, um, and the five W's, who, what, when, where, why what's going on, what's important to them, that normally lasts about two to three spreads. And then I like to transition between the couples. So I have a bride and then I have a groom or two partners on one transition spread so that you can see how the story is transitioning. 
everything that we're talking about, I'm following this story. So then I have the five W's of the next subject, the next partner, the groom, the who, what, when, why, where. And, and that is like a deep dive into their part of the day. Then I transition into your ceremony, the same thing, the five W's. So I don't know if you hear Nathan, but that storyboard formatting, those five W's, who, what, when, where, why, I, I take that and I focus that in my shooting and I, and I display that in my albums. The next one is your family portraits, then your couple's portraits, and then I transition into your reception. So easily on, on an eight hour wedding day, I can end up with a 60 page album at least, just focusing on that storyboard format. That totally makes sense. Wow. Okay. And I'm, I'm just like furiously taking notes here on my notebook. So <laughs> I, I'm going to come back with a lot of follow-up questions. Um, but as far as the primary steps, I know there were kind of multi sub steps, if you will, for the actual design of the album, but we've got number one, understanding the story two, shooting with intention, three, acknowledging that you as a photographer are the primary authority. Then number four, we've got all those steps. Do you have a, a kind of a fifth primary step in this process as well? Yes. And that's the IPS session. So during the IPS session, I have a slideshow. So I use Fundy and I use a slideshow of a hundred images, right? And these images are not the same images in the album. It's just so that they get an idea and back transition into that moment of their wedding day. And then after that, I show them the album and that's where the tears come because we're walking through each page and why that matters and what was going on in these moments. What were they talking about? What made them cry? So I'm inviting them to participate in their own story. And what ends up happening is they're so invested that they don't wanna take anything out. If I've done my job well, they want it as is. That's and that's, totally... that's always perfect. Cause then I'm just like, this is how much it is. <laughs> you know, what, what percentage of the time would you say that that ends up happening where they're just like, you know what, Michael, this is just perfect. Please do it as you demonstrated it. Yep. So I say 80% of the time. Wow. There are clients that are like, well, let's take some stuff out. And I'm just like, okay, what do you want to take out? And they're like this picture. And I'm like, we take out the whole spread, right? We're not taking out one picture. So if you want to take out the whole spread with grandma, go right ahead <laughs> and then well it's like we can't take out grandma <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. okay you know okay so um i'm starting to get the static again you had the magic touch last time whatever adjustment you made do, do that again and hopefully that'll fix the issue gotcha and and say something again is that better we're still getting a little bit of static so i'll come back to you michael just as a as a review for everybody uh, watching, listening, make sure that you go follow Michael. Uh, of course, his website, you can go to mtdphotography.com. And then on Instagram, you can check out mtdphotography1914 and make sure you follow him there. By the way, for everybody listening in, for any resources, first of all, the talking points, uh, but then also the resources that we mentioned in this conversation today, all of those will be in the show notes when this episode comes out on audio. And you'll be able to find those over at bocapodcast.com. So make sure to take advantage of those resources. Michael, I'm coming back to you. Yes. Still a little bit of static. So <laughs> yeah. I'm unplugging, I'm plugging back in. Okay, sure enough. No worries. And and by the way, thanks everybody for, for chiming in. 
we got another comment saying inviting them to participate in their own story. Really brilliant idea, actually. Yes. And, and we're going to actually come back to that. So thanks for highlighting that idea. And then Christinia has a question, Michael, whenever we get the audio hooked back up, she said, what should be the last image in an album? And uh, that's actually a really interesting question as well. So Christina, we're going to come back to that. I've, I've got a series of notes here and we're going to ask some follow-up questions and we'll include that when we go through the various steps of creating that album, the content of the album itself. Michael is furiously working in the background right now to connect and reconnect uh, the various chords on that microphone. And uh, Q Carson 88 on YouTube says, Michael is the best at this and absolutely would agree. Uh, I think we've got, we're very privileged to have Michael and his teaching skills here as well as skills as a photographer uh, on the show. Michael, coming back to you again. Is this better? It is a lot better, actually. Super clear. I appreciate right. that. So what we're going to do, Michael, I want to just kind of jump back to these points. And I've got a few follow-up questions for you, if you don't mind. Yes. So one is understanding the story. And a lot of photographers talk about this idea of understanding the backstory, having conversation with a couple in advance to understand the backstory of their relationship, what is most important to them, um, details that we should be aware of. One of the things that I used to do as a wedding photographer was to ask if there were any kind of touchy relationships that we needed to, you know, make sure not mm -hmm. to put this person and that person together in a, in a picture. So you're getting a lot of these of details. What does that conversation sound like when you're talking with your couples? Well, I, I think before what it sounds like, I go in with the idea that I want to listen. And I feel like a lot of photographers go into the conversation, well, just tell me about yourself, but they're not actually listening to what the couples are saying or not saying. And that's what probes those questions about diving deeper. So one of my things that I love to do, I'll ask the groom or the partner, how did you propose? Right. And there's always a laughter and they tell me the story. And then I ask the other partner. All right. Tell me the real story now, you know, and then figuring out what pieces and having those moments and like, like that's where the beauty is. And that's how I can feel out their chemistry, how they communicate with each other, how they interact with each other, how they look at each other. Um, those are those things that you can't like find out in the questionnaire that you can't find out unless you're actually paying attention to how the conversation is going. So my goal to a consultation is not necessarily to like have them answer all of my questions, but to get a sense of how they interact with each other on a personal level. Um, and then it gives me an idea of how they like their wedding to unfold. That, that makes sense. And I, I'm still stuck actually on a really interesting point that you made, which is that we can't, that there's an interesting tendency and I'm very guilty of this. I'm continuing to work on this, which is to internally begin to respond to whoever it is I'm talking to. This is not just in our professional you know, scenario, but also in my personal life, my kids, friends, family. It's really easy because I think pretty quickly too to just like I'm I'm already coming up with answers. I'm already thinking about how I'm going to respond rather than truly, as you were pointing out, Michael, truly listening to the person on the other side of us and trying to understand nuance, thinking about maybe follow up questions to to further kind of dig into what it is that they're saying, but not being so quick to become the problem solver or to to go just simply go to the next question. We're actually listening, and that's such an important reminder for all of us on all levels. I think. And you know what, Nathan, this even translates into the IPS session, the in-person sales. 
And there was a family who I sold two family portrait albums to because I decided to listen and not try to problem solve. So the dad had this idea. They were quiet after I showed them their album. And I just let that space happen. Mm. It was probably like three or four minutes of silence. And then he looked at his wife and he said, you know what? This is a pandemic. This is our 15 year wedding anniversary. And we haven't done anything for ourselves. And I heard that. So what did I do? I went into funding, build a quick album of just them, just pictures of them and sold it. They were sold right away because it was them. And yes, they had the one of their family, but they had one that was just focused on them and their story. And I would not have done that if I was quick to the trigger of, all right, let's just purchase this album. You can have other things. Listening is so important. Yeah, and not filling the space like you were talking about too. Again, I'm guilty of this. Where where there's silence, I feel like I need to kind of help carry the conversation rather than just letting it sit and actually generate additional interesting conversation, more details like you were talking about. So it's important to learn to be comfortable with doing that. And uh, wow, th this is a great reminder. Okay, but I want to transition <laughs> then from that first point, which is understanding the story. And again, uh -huh. the significance of, of truly listening, not rushing to respond all the time. But then number two, shooting with intention. You've had this, this conversation, so you understand the details of the backstory, the nuance of the backstory of this couple. That enables you to more effectively photograph the important details of the wedding. Now, maybe this is just my assumption, but I think a lot of times photographers, when they hear those words details, they're thinking about uh, the details, for example, that would go into a magazine or onto a blog. When you talk about details, what kind of details are you talking about that you're looking for? I'm talking about the important moments for them. So if um, somebody bought a special watch, you know, or they got a watch from their grandfather they wanted to give to their partner, like that's a detail. The watch in itself is not the detail, but the moment of exchange. So when I'm focusing on the details, I'm saying, what are the elements in this moment that's going to transpire? And then that's what I capture. Um, the same thing for loved ones or lost loved ones or loved ones that can't make it. There are so many little things that couples try to weave into their day. And if I just focus on capturing those, those actual products, I'm missing how the people are interacting and relating to these things. And that's what matters. That's what's in the album, how they're relating to these images and interacting with these products and having these moments naturally unfold. Okay. That, that makes sense. Uh, so, Hmm. How, how are you able to remember all of that? Like you've had this consultation conversation with the couple how do, do you are you taking notes and are you putting yes. that in your phone how do you actually take that to the wedding day yep so during a consultation whether it's in person virtual or over the phone i always have my my phone or my uh computer out and i'm taking notes like i have tons of couples in my computer and my notes section and i'm notating all the important and noteworthy things and then I screenshot their timeline. So I'm always referring back to these things the week before the wedding, the day before the wedding, the day of the wedding, so that like it's fresh in my head. 
because as you know, we're photographers, we're photographing 20, 30, 40, sometimes 50 weddings a year. And I need a system that helps me remember the details that matter to them. Yeah, and we are keeping up with so much too on a, on a daily basis, so many things to juggle. And so it is important to have a system in place for that. Okay, well, it, that's that's good. So we started out first with understanding the story, secondly, shooting with intention, paying attention to the details uh, that we have been able to pull from that conversation with a couple and, and attempting to understand their story. It's super important. We're gonna jump to number three. Michael, we're gonna just make this a regular part of this conversation. If you'll go back and adjust the, the mic again, if you don't mind, starting to get that, <laughs> starting to get that static. And um, while Michael is doing that, again, for everybody who's live streaming with us, I appreciate the comments at, thus far. If you think of questions, additional questions, and Christina, by the way, we're gonna come back to your question what should be the last image in the album? We're gonna come back to that when we talk about actually designing the album, so thanks for that. But if you all think of any other questions uh, regarding what Michael is explaining here about this process of selling a larger album, don't be shy, pop those in the comment section on YouTube or on Facebook, and I'll make sure to share those with Michael. Michael, I'm coming back to you. Let's see right. how we- Is this better? It, it's it's cleared up. Yeah, I have no idea. That's, that's so odd that uh, just a little <laughs> bit of an adjustment's fixing the problem, but that's good, okay. Yep. So I want to go back to, um, and do me a favor and kind of, it, maybe you could tilt the mic down just a little bit because we're starting to lose some volume from you. If you can tilt the mic down toward you just a little bit, you've got it pointed up at the moment. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I'll just get closer. Okay, fair enough. So I'm going to point number three, acknowledging I'm the, the primary authority, the storyteller as the photographer. And this is an interesting one because, um, you know, you, you talked earlier about the idea of how our clients like certain images. Um, and I'm curious what the difference is. It, it, they like certain images, but then you're also trying to be a storyteller. You understand the significance of flow. So I'm curious what the balance is between making sure the clients are getting what they want because they are the end client in the end. But then also making sure, like you're saying, that we're that you as the authority, as the experienced photographer, are telling a story effectively. Is there a balance in there, or what are your thoughts on that? So I don't know who told me this, but someone in my journey was like, "Why are you trusting the clients to build their own album? They remember bits and pieces of their day, and I photograph the whole thing. I call it." I edit it, I'm like in their story for that number of weeks. And I take that to heart because I'm just like, if I'm there and I'm watching everything, then I'm the best person to watch all of this unfold and put it on the pages. Now, the artist in me has to separate from the storyteller in me because as photographers, we try to put our best images in there. And through our IPS journey, I've realized that sometimes my favorite images aren't the most moving images that relate to the story. So I'm always focusing on what moments transition to each other. What are those beautiful hero images? And I'm taking my own ego out of it. And that actually helps with the sale a lot more. Yeah, and that's an interesting, I mean, I could go down this rabbit hole for a while, actually, because we've talked about this on the podcast before, removing our ego from the conversation as photographers. It can be a tough thing 
because we've spent a lot of time and money and, and resources in general developing our craft and we're trying to create something that's unique and that's beautiful. And it's easy to get kind of like, I don't know, blinders on and focused just on what it is that we want out of this particular wedding day or this particular session and this getting to photograph this particular client rather than focusing primarily on serving the client in the end. And to your point, telling the best possible story. So again, a really, really great reminder. And I, and I appreciate you kind of sharing your perspective on that. I guess then as the storyteller, we, when we get to this fourth step of actually beginning to compose the album, you talked first about the importance of the hero image. And I'm curious, what does a hero image mean from your perspective? Like what's an example of an image that you would use as that first image in the album? So the hero image tends to be a, a picture of the couple um some type of picture that is setting the scene and that's intentional i'm not looking for a portrait i'm looking for something that's a lot more landscape whether it's the environment whether it's the venue whether it's a special place when people open up that book they should not just see them but they should see where the story is going and when we look at when we open up books they set the setting and that's my goal. I'm looking for a hair image that really sets the setting. Hmm. And it doesn't necessarily include the, the couple in that picture. Sometimes it may. It does. It, oh, it does. Okay. It's just not a portrait of the couple. It's more environmental. That totally right? makes it's sense. It's more landscape. And it, and, it, and it adds like everything that's in there that says you're about to embark on this journey. And early in my career, I used to do like a portrait of the couple. Uh, portrait of the bride, portrait of the groom, and like put them together. And what I realized is that there was no connection there. It was just pictures of people. If you open up a book and you didn't know them, you're just like, oh, here are people. But when you open up my albums, it sets the scene. And that's intentional. I love that. I love that. And, and I am Nat from YouTube says awesome information. And yeah, truly, this is this is wonderfully practical information. You talked about the kind of the second step in that process of actually designing the album, putting the album together, setting the scene, uh, and you just alluded to that. And then focusing on the subjects, and, and you said the bride, the groom, and and beginning to incorporate the five W's. Uh, will you remind yeah. us all of what those five W's are one more time? Yeah, so they are who, what, when, where, and why. When we look at stories or magazines, we're already asking ourselves these questions. Who's the subject? What is happening? When is this going on? Where's it happening? And why is this important? So I take that same storyboard, my Fred, and implement it into my albums. So when I teach how to build albums and storytelling at conferences, they open up albums and they're already invested into someone else's story. They're just like, wow, I don't even know these people and I would buy this album because they can answer all of those questions. And, and you're doing that on an ongoing basis. Again, not something that I did. I love the intention behind that and the specificity as well. And, and naturally, you're going to tell a better story when you've got those five W's in mind. And uh, yeah, Q Carson on 88 from YouTube says who, what, when, where, excuse me, who, what, when, where, when and why. That's good. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, thanks for actually listing those out. And uh, thanks, everybody, for continuing to chime in. And Michael, let me keep going here to, I guess, the fifth step as we're getting ready to finish. IPS, um, and by the way, shout out to Andrew Funderburg, who we've had on the show here before, who put together this incredible software, Fundy. 
you, you use that particular software to, you said, first of all, before you show them the album, you show them a hundred images. What's, as I'm hearing you describe this process of, of effectively selling an album to a client, it seems as though it might be counterintuitive. Like if they see those hundred images, but not all those images are in the album, are they gonna want some of those images in the album or are all those hundred images part of the album as well? What's the, the process in deciding what images to show? Yeah. So uh, first I wanna be clear, I don't do any sneak peeks, right? The moment they see their images is we're together once everything is ready. And I choose those hundred images. They are the good images that really um, evoke some type of emotion, friends, family, ceremony. They're not the ones that I put in the album because I want the ones in the album to be wow. Like I want them to see the album be like, wow. And so the slideshow is like a vestibule, right? It gets them into that mindset that, hey, we're transporting back to our wedding. And then the album makes it real. It's like, this is really our story on pages laid out that I can hold in my hand forever. Okay, so it, it kind of helps yeah, get them in the mindset, get them in the mood. And are you playing music along with that slideshow as well? Oh, yes. And then do you play music? So typically I do the first dance song. Okay. You know, to try to, you know, evoke those emotions, pull on the heartstrings. <laughs> totally makes sense. And are you using that same music then when you show them the album on screen as well? Um, it depends. So depending on how long the first dance song is, I will go ahead and do that. Um, sometimes I'll just have my... Um, my speaker in the background playing music, or I use Soundstripe to download music. Fundy has great music as well. So I really look for music that represents the couple. If it was a rustic wedding, then I'm probably looking for something, you know, upbeat type of like Midwestern type of feel. You know, if it was a luxury wedding, I'm looking for something more regal. Okay. I photographed a first birthday Parisian theme. I found Parisian instrumentals cool. on online. And I put that in there because it aids. Everything is about the story. When we watch movies, the score goes in everything. It's intentional. It's everything. So I'm yeah. intentional about the music just as much as I'm about what I place on what page. I love that. I'm glad that you highlighted the, the significance of intention again. That's exactly what I was thinking as well. I love that um, you're incorporating that principle throughout this whole process. It, this has been super practical. Michael, do me a favor and make that adjustment one more time on the mic, because here as we finish up, I'd love for you to, to share a little bit more about how the listeners, the viewers, those certainly that are live streaming now, but then those that are going to hear this after the fact or watch the live stream a little bit later, um, how they might be able to learn a little bit more about your process, potentially reach out to you, um, get consulting if, if they need that as well. So we're going to come back to Michael in just a second after you finish making those adjustments. Again, for those of you that are live streaming, I've popped this up on screen already. Make sure you go to mtdphotography.com. And then you can also go to mtdphotography1914 on Instagram. And we'll link to both of those in the show notes when we push those live at Boca Podcast. Com. You can also, of course, check out Michael's website. Beautiful, beautiful work. And uh, very, again, I think about the word intention and the way that this website is laid out. Make sure that you go check this out, even from just, just for the sake of design inspiration, uh, mtdphotography.com. 
And uh, Michael, I'm coming back to you. Let's see if we've got that audio. Is this better? Back. It is. Yeah, super clean. That's great. So really, I just wanted to, to give you a, a chance to, um, I guess, kind of remind people what I just shared, your, your website and, and uh, social media. But ultimately, if, if photographers listening and viewing are like, hey, you know what, this is really good stuff, but I need to take a deeper dive. Is there a way for them? Do you, do you offer some courses or do you offer consulting where they can come learn from you a little bit more? Yes. So I do have um, coaching available where I walk people through identifying their brand, storytelling, IPS, um, and they can just reach out to me on my website and then I will send them a link to schedule a coaching call. Um, you can also find me on Instagram and I'm very active on TikTok at MTD Photography. Perfect. And I just put pop those up on screen. Of course, we'll link to those all in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. Uh, Michael, I really appreciate you coming on board today. And I'm sorry you had to kind of work through the audio <laughs> issues on your end as we we're talking too. But no, it's good. <laughs> you're, you're such a great teacher. And, and uh, this is such practical information. I hope everybody listening and viewing will actually take and apply at least take two or three of the principles that you heard today and, and begin to apply them right away. That's the key here. There's we have such incredible access to so much education out there if we're not actually applying this information and especially applying the information from experienced photographers like michael then we're missing out on an incredible opportunity so please make sure that you're applying this information q carson 88 youtube says thank you nathan and michael thank you for chiming in as well and uh, Rakia is uh, clapping from Facebook. Thanks, everybody, for listening in, chiming in, <laughs> streaming with us today. Really appreciate it. And thanks once again, Michael. Truly appreciate the privilege to, to chat with you today. 